The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. Hi, everybody. I'm Madeline Hewitt. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and I'm so happy that you're on the show with us today. And we often get questions in the nutrition class about weight loss or body fat loss. And it's often the number one reason that people start to pay attention to their diet and nutrition. And we found that, of course, people have some other kinds of reasons, maybe some health issues or energy is another big reason why people decide to take the nutrition series. But overwhelmingly, people seem to be interested in weight loss, and then they're just really, really happy that they get health benefits on the side. And for us, our approach for weight loss is really to address health issues, health issues that prevent people from having a body that easily lets go of excess body fat. And I think that a common thought is that to lose weight, you need to go on a a diet. And usually you're thinking that's going to be something temporary, And you go on that diet just until the weight is lost. And I'm thinking that most people think, well, it's going to be a restrictive diet, of course. And it's going to be probably one that you don't really like the food and that you don't eat the foods that you really like. But people are willing to put up with that for a short time just as they drop the weight. And I think that people are thinking, well, you know, if I go on this diet for three weeks, or I go on this diet for a month, or I go on this diet for 10 days... I can just give up foods that I like and I can just be restrictive because I just want to get this weight off. And that diet would include cutting back on calories and usually cutting back on fat. And then people are going to expect that they're going to feel kind of hungry because they're not eating as much. And Usually they're thinking that they should probably start doing a bunch of cardio exercise and probably the more cardio, the better, and maybe even start up a jogging program. And for those of you who don't live here in Minneapolis, we have a lot of city lakes here. I know if you don't live here, I know the image is that there's snow and ice year round, but that's really not what it's like. Um, And in fact, we have many months where we have summertime and spring and we do actually have fall when we don't have any snow here. But we're filled in the city of Minneapolis and St. Paul of all of these lakes. And they're not those kind where people have cabins on them. They're you'd find those up north more where there's lots and lots of cabins and people go up there. Maybe they go to Wisconsin to go to cabins. But in the cities here, we have these lakes and they have sidewalks around them. They have usually two sidewalks. 
And one of them is for walking and jogging. And the other one is for things like rollerblading and biking. And so it's kind of a, a big deal here. And then not only do we have a lot of lakes, but they're even connected. And so you could go from one lake and then it's connected right to the next lake, to the next lake. Like there's three in a row. And then if you wanted to keep going, you could go along the creek. And then we have um, the river is here as well. And there's sidewalks along all of those areas. And so I'm just bringing that up because often people think, well, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to start jogging the lakes. So it's kind of something that you hear people talking about. And then if you happen to walk, like um, my husband, David, and I, we walk around the lake almost every night when it's kind of late. Um, But there's going to be always people that are around the lake that are jogging and biking. And and a lot of these people, when you look at them, you can just tell, well, this person probably just decided to start start their diet and then they're going to decide they're going to start a jogging program and you can usually tell that because these people look really really uncomfortable and their face is red and puffy and they kind of look like they can't breathe and they a little tiny bit look like they're going to be like a bomb that's going to blow up meaning something not not a person that looks like they really enjoy the running and that it's working well for them and Why I'm bringing that up is because I think it fits in with this idea that people think that for just a short period of time, we're going to just go on this diet. I'm going to start jogging the lakes and then that weight's going to come, come off. But unfortunately, these people either don't lose the weight at all or more likely they actually do lose some of it. Maybe they even lose a lot of weight. But then the bad part is that they gain it all back and not only all the weight, but usually sometimes there's even more that comes back. And the reason for that is that the person, they didn't actually change their body in terms of turning it into a body that can easily drop body fat. And to drop body fat, a number of systems must be aligned kind of like the stars need to be in alignment. Well, it's a little bit different than that, but you need to have your systems in your body be aligned and knowing that your body really operates as a whole and every system and every cell affects every other system in your body and every other cell. There isn't something that works in isolation such as I think I'll just go on this diet and lose weight and then my whole life will be different. It's actually that the systems need to work together in order to have that happen. And you actually need to change the way those systems are working in order for you to drop that body fat. And once you put attention on getting these systems ready and in shape to burn excess body fat, it becomes much, much easier to let go of the body fat And then it becomes a permanent lifestyle change for you. And in fact, I was talking to one of our clients the other day. This was after one of our nutrition classes. And this person has recently lost about 35 pounds. And she looks completely different. And she wanted to show me her before picture. And she got it out on her phone. And I looked at it. And really, if if, if I didn't know that was her and somebody said, well, who is this? I would not have been able to tell that was her. And she had only lost 35 pounds. But for her, that was actually quite a bit because she's pretty much down to just a normal weight now. So she just looks completely different. But anyway, the point is, is that her friends and her neighbors have noticed this and they keep asking her all these questions about, well, how did you do that? And they want to know what diet she was on because they want to go on that diet. And 
she was telling me that it's kind of put her in a bad spot because she feels hesitant to just start telling them tips or what to do because she said that it's really clear that they're looking for something quick, like a, a gimmick, kind of like, well, what I did is I just had grapefruit and coffee for two weeks and then the weight just fell off. Or, <clears throat> I, you know, there's a supplement that you can get at the store and then, um, you know, that just makes make that just makes all of the problem go away and people are really just looking for something like that and she tells them that it's not something that's going to be quick that it's actually an entire lifestyle change and that it's much much more than just a diet and for her in fact her husband is involved and her husband attends the nutrition classes and is totally on board with her. And it's not just about supporting her. He's actually taken it up himself and become quite an expert on the material. And they work together on that. And not only that, but their children are interested and involved as well. They're teen, they have some teenage children. And so she knew that to be successful, it would be important that the whole family gets involved. And they tell us that they really like and love their new life, such as she was mentioning that she used to have to take naps. And she says she doesn't even remember the last time she needs a nap because she feels so much more energy in her life. And she doesn't get tired like she did before. And um, both of them both the husband and the wife say that they think clear and that health problems are just falling to the wayside and disappearing. <clears throat> and not only that, but she said that for years she's been on and off diets and losing the weight, but then gaining all of it back again. And she said that's because she always looked at it like a diet approach instead of a whole life, whole lifestyle approach. And that's what we're here to talk about today, that Today's fat is actually not easy to lose. And there was a time when it was true that a person could just really cut back a little bit on food and drop weight and it wouldn't really be that big of an issue. But I'm talking about maybe back in the 50s or the 60s. Um, maybe that was still happening in the beginning of the 70s. But as these decades have been going on, it's been getting worse and worse in terms of stubborn fat. And we really live in a different world today. Fat is actually much harder for people to lose and keep off. And so today we're going to talk about six steps to stubborn fat loss, realizing that fat is sometimes very, very stubborn and that it just wants to stay right where it is no matter what you do. So let's address that and let's just get some help with this. And our first step would be to understanding that our bodies will be poised to drop fat when the conditions are right. And by conditions, I'm really talking about something called your bioterrain. So that would be, bioterrain would be the environment that your body works in, well, all of what's inside of your body. And think about it as a fishbowl. And so you, that you would have a fish that's in this in this, um, in this box or this, um, the fish bowl of water and say that all of that water was just completely full of algae and all kinds of bad things in there. Excess poop was in there and maybe a bunch of garbage if somebody happened to drop in there and the fish was getting sick. And then somebody's, and the water was so bad that you could hardly see the fish in there. 
And then somebody's idea is, well, maybe we should give the fish some sort of medicine and that will make it feel better. And a smarter person would say, you know what, I think that it's the environment the fish is in. We really should change the water and clean that up. Well, that's what I'm talking about, bioterrain, where we would actually clean up the environment in your body to make you a more efficient and a better fat burner. And so looking at it as a way of let's just cut back on calories and fat, that's a very, very narrow outlook on body fat loss. And instead, we need to start to take a look at a whole broader approach of getting all the organ systems and your cells in the best possible place that they could be so that it will be much easier and more effective for you to drop drop the body fat. And so let's just talk about step number one. We're, we're Hopefully we'll get to six steps today, but that's okay if we just get through a few, even if you, if you institute one of these, it's going to make a big difference in your life. And one of them, it, actually going slower is going to be better for people anyway, and instituting one step at a time. So let's just start in and see where we happen to get today. And we're taking callers today as well. And... Lucy, you have that phone number, right? Yes. Yeah, we're going to be taking callers after the first break, but the number, so everybody can be prepared with their questions, the number is one 866 472 5792. You can also join in the conversation on Twitter if you like to use Twitter and hashtag body balance talk and we'll add that to the conversation. Yeah, that'd be fun. We would love to hear from any of you. So just pick yes. up your phone and call right in and we'd be happy to take your calls. And so our step number one is going to be dump the calorie obsessing. And this is also true for obsessing about fat grams. So something that we suggest as a first action step is actually just kind of bending your mind and getting your mind to wrap around this other concept that I've been talking about the last um, number of minutes here on the radio show in that we really need to change from a mindset of counting calories and thinking about, I just really need to cut back and have that deprivation happen to thinking, you know what, I've, I've got this wonderful, beautiful body that actually has these wonderful systems systems that when they work in conjunction with one another, they're all going to start to synergize and work as a symphony. And they're going to assist my body in what I call it to do. And what we're talking about here is fat burning. And so I'm going to ask people, well, Madeline and Lucy happen to be on the show here with me, but if anybody wants to call in, what you think about, is it really about calories in versus calories out? And um, Lucy and Madeline, what what do you think about that? Yeah, well, well, my experience, it's definitely not because I've tried just cutting calories and that didn't work for me. And I've seen a lot of people try that. And I've tried the opposite of, of um, adding calories in actually, and that, that has worked for me. And I think probably what you're talking about is you don't just add any calories. Like I'm going to guess you're not talking about... Why don't I just, instead of eating one hot dog, how about if I start eating six and really bolster that? That's not what you're talking about. Is that right? Correct. It's definitely not what I'm talking about. Um, what I'm saying is that like years ago when I, I just ate, you know, how, whatever I wanted, I didn't know anything about nutrition. 
and I wanted to lose weight, I would try just cutting my calories. You know, sometimes I would cut a lot and sometimes just a little bit and sometimes I would count my calories and that never worked for me at all. And then over the years, I've completely changed my whole diet, kind of like the woman you were talking about earlier. I've made lifestyle changes and I've noticed, I don't know the exact number of calories, but I'm definitely eating more of whole real foods, um, mainly meat and vegetable type of foods. And, you know, that really makes a difference. It really works. That's what I've noticed for myself as well, is that when I used to count calories, I ended up eating a lot of processed foods or a lot of breads and skim milk. I ate a lot of cereal and skim milk, and those are low calorie, but it's a lot of sugar, and I would be hungry all the time, and i just crave more. And when I switched to foods like fats and way more protein, it ended up being more calories but I felt a lot better and I was actually able to see the weight loss happening. So this is interesting to hear and we could think, well, we've only heard from two people and that's just their experience. Mm -hmm. And you could think, well, this is just like case studies of what works for people. But I think that we could just delve a little bit deeper and ask, well, I wonder why that would actually work for people. And the answer comes to is that when you change the types of food that you're eating and you make specific lifestyle changes, you actually change your whole hormone status. And the hormones that I'm talking about are those ones like insulin and cortisol and growth hormone. And then we can also talk a little bit about the sex hormones, testosterone and estrogen as well. And then adding in their thyroid hormone. And then you've got hunger and satiety hormones. And then another one called DHEA. And all of these hormones are chemicals in your body that float around in your bloodstream and go and give messages to cells to do something or to not do something. And when they, they have to work together. So if it was a, it would be a little bit like those mobiles that you hang these little dangly things. Like if you had a baby and you hang a mobile above the crib and there's these little things dangling. When one of those little objects moves, they all move. On a mobile, you can't just move one of the things and the whole rest of the mobile stays stationary. Well, that's like your hormones. If your cortisol actually changes, that's going to change your thyroid hormone and it's going to change your insulin. If estradiol changes, it's going to have a ripple effect to testosterone and growth hormone and thyroid hormone. They all affect each other and they behave as a symphony. And so it looks like we have a break coming up. And when we return from the break, we'll continue to talk about this issue about is it calories in and calories out and delve a little bit more into this issue with the hormone symphony. Yes, we'll be back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
cancer is not something to be taken lightly. But instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the cancer coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Hello. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. Yeah, and before the break, we were just talking about the calories in versus the calories out and if that works that way or not. And I just want to back up a little bit because, um, you know, it's not easy to actually change your mindset on this. And one reason is because now in this day and age with phones and internets and apps and all of these things, there's all kinds of apps about counting calories and putting your calories into something, calories that you're eating or calories that you're actually expending. And then there's also programs to put in your height, weight, your age, your sex, and anything else to determine, well, for you, you can have X number of calories. And then it seems like it would be logical just to say, well, then that's simple. If I just count the calories I burn every time I move, I'm going to wear this this monitor that tells me how many calories that I'm burning. And then if I count every calorie that goes in, it's just math. If you just expend fewer calories than you expend, then it's logical that then I'm going to lose weight. So all I need to do is get those apps and get those calorie counters, and then everything is going to work out. But um, that sounds like that would be reasonable and logical. Um, but the problem is, is when the hormones are not acting in a symphony in a good way, that's not going to support your weight loss, even when you cut your calories lower than what you think that you're expending. And we have seen many, many people who eat almost nothing, such as skip breakfast and then eat a tiny salad with either no dressing on it or low-fat dressing, and then almost nothing for dinner. And not only do they not lose weight, but they continue to actually add body fat on. And that's telling them that something in their body is not supporting their weight loss. And we have a caller on the line. Tony is from the Twin Cities. Tony, what can we do for you? Yeah, hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have been listening to your show, but um, I was trying to understand. Please help me to see if what I understood is clear. And that uh, uh, from listening to you is what I understood. It it doesn't matter uh, the quantity of the calories that we eat from the food, uh, what matters is the quality. Uh, please correct me if, uh, if this is uh, not right. 
Yeah, Tony, I think that you're more on the right track here. And we don't want to give anybody the idea that quantity doesn't matter at all. And so even if there's going to be some sort of healthy food, like say coconut milk, and you decided to have a whole case of that in one sitting, which would be 12 cans, of course, that's not going to be good for people or healthy for them. So definitely quantity is going to matter. But you're right, it's the quality of the food that you're eating that's going to make all the difference in the world. And um, Tony, do you have experience with that yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was counting calories um, uh, with food I was eating, but I wasn't paying attention uh, about the uh, quality of this food. Uh, okay. So I'm trying to switch and uh, try to watch to see what am I eating first before counting the calories and then see how much calories in this quality of food. Okay, well, so it sounds like you're, you're starting on the right track here. And um, something like this came up in the class the other night as well, where somebody was asking about, well, what is a serving of fat grams? Like, how many fat grams should I have in every serving? And the answer here, I, we like to make things as simple as possible for people. And what we like to tell people is that if you're eating a diet that doesn't contain any processed foods at all, and, um, and you're not eating any sugar. So that would mean that your diet contains this, high quality meat and eggs and fish. Um, if you're eating a high quality protein powder and then um, any sort of uh, variety of good fats and then plenty of vegetables, meaning a whole variety of vegetables and many, many vegetables, meaning having vegetables at every single meal. If that's what your diet is consisting of, and, and maybe you've also got some raw nuts and seeds in there as well, um, we don't find that people overeat those foods. And so it's, it's not useful to tell people at, from our point of view you need to count your fat grams because we asked them, how much of that olive oil are you going to sit down and eat? You, you've got the olive oil bottle sitting there. Are you going to eat five cups of it or a half a cup? And people laugh at that and they say, well, of course not. That would taste awful. Okay, how much are you going to eat 10 pounds of asparagus or are you going to eat five pounds of meat? I mean, what we find is that when people are eating these whole foods, they're self-regulating for them and that they don't need to start counting all of these numbers and counting fat grams and that there's actually no reason at all to count the calories. And that's because when you start eating foods, the whole foods like this, it actually changes your hormone system inside. And that's what we were starting to talk about before, is that when you start eating foods like this, if you had a high insulin level, which high insulin is going to tell your body to store fat, that insulin level is going to automatically start to come down and normalize for you. The other thing that's going to happen is your hunger and satiety hormones are going to start working again, where we find a lot of people don't know what it is like to really feel full or to feel hungry, that their hormone and their satiety hormones have been completely just shut off by eating processed foods and sugar. And when you remove that, those start to come back for you. So you start to actually feel hungry and your stomach starts to growl 
and when you eat food, you say, wow, I'm full, and you just automatically start, stop eating the food. And so we found that rather than counting all of these grams and counting calories, it's much easier to just remove these negative processed foods out of your diet and start to just institute protein in every meal, some carbs that are com- that come from the non-starchy vegetables, and then enough good fats that you like your food and you feel satisfied, that's going to start to bring all those hormones into a good symphony so that they come together and start to support your body in good health and in weight loss if that's what somebody's looking for. And I know that was kind of a long answer, but Tony, is that helpful for you? Yes, uh, but now what what's fr- fr- honestly what frustrates me is that we don't have much time. It feels like I need to be a doctor to go research and know about what I'm supposed to be eating, unless if we really grew with the bad habits, is that we just eat. And now uh-huh. we have to change that culture. Like maybe, do you recommend like a certain place where people can go where they can find all this good food and then they create that habit of going to a specific place where they can get more knowledge and uh, more of the, those quality of food? Well, yeah, uh, two things here. One of them is to get this information and education. That's why we recommend people attend our nutrition series. And for people who aren't in the Twin Cities, uh, soon we're going to have up webinars and videos where people can reach this information who don't live here. So that's a way to get the information. However, even without that information, if you start thinking about very basic foods and going back to something basic, so an idea would be to think about eating high quality beef and pork and chicken and put that in a crock pot and make it something simple. So the way of eating that we promote is actually much simpler than how a lot of people eat now. Mm-hmm. And it, it should involve less shopping. It should involve um, possibly less cooking, depending on what you've been doing. And less eating. And, and less eating it, overall. Yep. And it often involves less money, which is tricky because a lot of people say, I can't eat like that because that costs a lot of money to buy organic food. And it costs a lot to shop at places like co-ops and Whole Foods. And it's a lot cheaper to do things like eat at McDonald's. However, we find that that's because people are only tallying up their grocery store receipts and what they spend at the grocery store. But in reality, we find that most people are spending most of their food dollar outside the grocery store and they're spending it at um, the coffee shops, Starbucks, and getting treats there and coffee drinks and easily spending 10 or $12 in those stores and sometimes multiple times throughout the day. And then they're stopping off to get some other sort of snack and then going out to dinner. That dinner's going to actually cost about $60 for people and that they're not, they're not noticing that that goes into their food bill as well. Along so, with their medications too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And their doctor's visits. Yeah, that's a whole different side of it is how much you're spending on prescription medications. But even if we only talk about the food, uh, you really, we like to tell the people that are listening to the show that you really need to tally up all the money you spend in a month on food, including restaurants and fast food 
and any kind of money that goes to food. Because yes, if you start eating like this, your grocery bill is going to go way up. But usually you uh, stop eating at these other places because you go, there's nothing in those other places that I would ever eat anymore. So people find that their whole habits um, just change. And, and that also ends up saving time rather than continuing to stop on the way to work and on the way home to the takeout restaurant or to this or that. You come home and you go, I already have a meal that's already cooked. I already have my crock pot chicken. It's already right here. I don't need to travel or go anywhere and get get these things. And so it's quite a bit of a learning curve, just changing your habits and finding the tricks of where you find these foods. And so that's what we teach in the nutrition class and soon online. But once I like to assure people, once you have this down, you end up saving money and saving time and your life is actually simpler and not as complex. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Tony. Did we answer some of your questions? I will call you some other time. Thank okay. you. All right. Thanks bye for bye. calling in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so getting back to talking a little bit about how this hormone stuff works, because again, you might be thinking, well, the calorie thing, you know, that's just somebody's theory. And yeah, I don't know if I can believe if it just works for a couple people. But what we really want to know is that it's going to be the status of your hormones that's going to dictate whether you store fat or whether you burn fat. That's going to be determined by what your hormones are telling your cells to do. And for instance, if your insulin level is high, high insulin carries that message that says store fat. So if you're running around and your insulin level is high, and if it's high, it's pretty much always going to be high. So I'm talking about a chronically high insulin level. And if you're a person that decides, I'm going to start jogging the lakes and I'm going to start losing weight because my neighbor jogs and has lost weight. So I'm, I'm going to do that now. Um, but you have a high insulin level. Okay, if you have high insulin and you decide to go start jogging around the lakes and you're overweight, that actually drives your stress level through the roof. So what is, what's the stress? Well, that's the hormone cortisol. So now your cortisol level starts to dysregulate. And cortisol has everything to do with whether you're going to store fat or burn fat or, or even burn muscle or put muscle on your body. And so now you just started out with the high insulin level, but now you've decided to add on the stressful jogging. And the lakes here are about three miles. So that's, it, that's not going to be a five or 10 minute jog. That's going to be maybe um, a half an hour, could even be 45 minutes if somebody's jogging kind of slow around that lake. And that puts a tremendous stress that changes the cortisol hormone. And now you've got an altered insulin and cortisol. Well, that's going to change your growth hormone level as well. And um, so the growth hormone, that's going to be responsible for burning fat and keeping muscle on. And so now you're pushing that hormone in a negative direction pushing testosterone down, pushing estrogen up. So we're getting all these hormones dysregulating up and down based on uh, one hormone, maybe insulin, already starting out high. And so we can see that if you're not addressing what your hormones are doing and then you decide that you're going to go on a weight loss program and just cut calories, that's why that doesn't work for a lot of people. Now, 
cutting calories actually does work for some people. So you're going to think, well, no, I thought you just said it doesn't work. Well, imagine what if your hormones were actually all in very good balance and you had a nice high growth hormone, you had a good testosterone level, whether you're a man or a woman, you have it in a good normal range and your estradiol was not through the roof and you've got some good DHEA on board, your thyroid is doing really well and your adrenals are nice and healthy. So if you have that going on in your body and you decide, I think I'm going to just cut back on a little bit of food, that's going to actually work for you. And so this is where some of this confusion comes in because it really is checks and balances in terms of burning calories and drawing calories into your body. And it is actually a math equation, but there's a big but, B-U-T, but your hormones need to be working as a symphony. So if we want to have all those hormones regulated. Now, I actually have not met anybody that we've tested hormones for anybody that their hormones actually are in balance. And that's what we're talking about, the stubborn fat, and that today's life is different from the past. And in today's life, we're dealing with these environmental toxins that we didn't deal with 100 years ago or 80 years ago. And even 50 years ago, they weren't anything like they are now. And what we find is that these environmental toxins, that that would be in the air, high levels of mercury in the air, The air is different now. We have pesticides, way more pesticides that are on the crops than we had in the past. Uh, We've got soil depletion, and so our our nutrition is not in the food as well as it was in the past. So we're dealing with a little bit of um, decreased, like a lot of decreased minerals and nutrition in the food. And then we have these estrogen-like substances that are everywhere in the environment that these are things that some people really... uh, due to your work, you have more impact with that. But for everybody, they impact all of us, even things like flame retardant children's clothing that we didn't have that maybe in the 60s. Um, And now those flame retardants are in couches and they're in lots of furniture and everywhere. We've got chemicals that are everywhere that we didn't have in the past. And these chemicals are disrupting people's hormones. And it's not just, again, it's, it's definitely disrupting the estrogen, but then it ricochets and has this effect that now it's disrupting your testosterone. When that's disrupted, growth hormone gets disrupted. And then now that affects your thyroid thyroid hormone. And so we have this whole ricochet effect just from one thing that I mentioned, and that's the environmental toxins. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds that I think that's new information for people. And really, it sounds like not only does our lifestyle affect if we're going to gain weight or not, but these toxins are affecting our hormones. And then our hormones are sending a message to store the fat or hold on to the fats. Absolutely. And what we find is you might think, well, there might be these things in the environment that are actually making us burn fat more. But it just so happens that none of that is happening. It's happening where it's increasing your estradiol and decreasing your thyroid hormone. And it's, it's, it's forcing all of the hormones to go in the direction to store fat. And so when we look in our country and see all of the, the population getting fatter and fatter by just astronomical numbers, and then not only are they fatter, but we see diabetes, which is going to be um, an out, uh, you know, an outcome of being fatter. It all, it all rolls together. You don't just have people that are getting fat and then you don't have diabetes. It's all, it's all going to roll into one. So we see this 
huge increase of people obese people, people that are diabetic, and we see that cancers are also rising. And it, it all sounds like really bad news and where we can just decide, well, it's Friday, I think I'm just going to go back to bed. But when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about that it's actually if we learn the right information, we can get a hold of it and make some good out of all of this. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, and I'm here with Madeline and Jeannie. Let's jump back into our discussion. Yeah, and we were talking about all these bad things like environmental toxins and hormones and all of this, this kind of thing. And one thing we like to point out is it's kind of... It's really easy, actually, I think, in this day and age to get kind of down on some of the things going on in the world and, and that. And it's we think it's important that people understand that that's what's going on. But then you can also look outside, like if anybody's next to a window and you look outside and you go, you know, there's wonderful things still going on in the environment. It's just important that we understand, yes, there's toxins out there, but we're going to have to just learn a little bit about that so that we can outsmart that and get our bodies to still continue to be healthy and then continue to work on enjoy, still enjoying the outside and enjoying our lives on the planet and not allowing ourselves to get depressed or go down with any of that news. We just say we're going to educate ourselves and then we're going to use this information to move on in a very, very positive way. And um, one of those is to think about 
this symphony of hormones, and it can be really complicated. We're talking about insulin and cortisol and all these words, testosterone, and it can just feel like it's a mumbo jumbo of a bunch of chemicals and words. And so what we'd like to do is just talk about one of those, something that you could have as an action step for yourself. And if if you only understand this one, you could get a lot of benefits for yourself. And I'd like to pick out just the hormone insulin. And lots and lots of people have an insulin level that's too high. So if you're thinking, well, this would just be something rare and it probably doesn't affect me. If you've been eating sugar and carbs and drinking pop, you probably have a high insulin level. So we can just assume most people have a high insulin level. And if you still want to find out, you could actually just go and get a blood test and have your fasting insulin level done. And if you're interested in that, remember, I'm not talking about glucose or blood sugar level. Those are different things. And that's fine to find out if you'd like to. Um, We're not talking about hemoglobin A1C. Again, that's a nice number to find out, but I'm talking about something on the lab test. There is only one word for it, and it's called fasting insulin. So if you happen to go to your doctor's office and they're thinking you're talking about something else, you're not. You're talking about just fasting insulin. That's actually a very good number for people to know where you are. And if you happen to go and get that lab test, you would want to get the lab sheet back so that you can see in black and white what your level is. You're going to ignore what those lab normals are. Those lab normals are calculated on the average American. And as we know with the state of health here, we don't, we don't really want to have an average insulin level of people that are in this country. And instead, we, we're going to be looking at some lab normals that would be normal for people in other parts of the world who don't have diabetes and they're from very, very healthy populations. And so what you're looking for is an insulin level between two and five. And if you find out that your insulin level is eight or 22 or nine or seven or 10, then what will be very beneficial for you is to put some focus on decreasing your insulin level. When you decrease that insulin level, that's going to actually be beneficial to your thyroid, to your growth hormone, to testosterone, to cortisol, to your hunger and satiety hormones. It's going to start to have a whole ricochet effect, even on your DHEA and your ability to put muscle on your body and keep muscle. It will have a ricochet effect. So it gets complicated if we focus on them all at once. So we just pick one that's going to have a high impact. And that would be this insulin level. Now, if you Can find you out- Can you repeat again, what are the numbers that we're shooting for there? Yeah, we're shooting for the numbers two to five. So if yours mm. is two, three, four, or five, or any points like 3.4, okay, anything between 2.0 and 5.0, that's going to be something you're shooting for. Now, I'm going to just give a little caveat right here. Sometimes it's useful to also know your triglycerides. And if you're somebody who you already know, your triglycerides are 1,000 or 500 or 400, and your insulin level is actually 2 or 1, okay, you're probably somebody that's well into diabetes. And when your triglycerides get up that high, that's going to actually distort your whole insulin level. So if you know that, no, my triglycerides are pretty normal, I'm a pretty normal person in terms of I don't have diabetes already, then you can trust those numbers of two to five. And so if yours come back 
and your insulin level is 2.5, then you want to congratulate yourself. And you're probably somebody who doesn't eat sugar. You probably don't drink pop. You probably don't eat desserts. And you probably don't eat a lot or any grains at all. So for you, you congratulate yourself. And you might have the possibility that maybe some of your other hormones are going to be in a lot better balance than somebody else. But somebody who you find out your insulin level is going to be above six, put some attention on decreasing that. And the way to decrease that is to to take measures to eliminate sugar from your diet. And sugar is going to count for things like pasta and bread and crackers, anything where you, even whole grains, even something where you think, well, that's a healthy whole grain. Well, even healthy whole grains, once they're digested, they turn into sugar in your body. So we're just going to use the word sugar to mean all of those kinds of carbohydrates like starches and sugars. What about starchy vegetables like potatoes? Yep. Potatoes and starchy vegetables. Those would be good. Well, let's just talk about the starchy vegetables first. Those are also going to be good to eliminate. If if you go, I'm on a war path to decrease my insulin level, and I don't want it to take 10 years. So if you want it to go quick because you say, you know what, I really am interested in weight loss. I'm sick of being a fat person. I've been fat for year after year after year, and I don't want it to take another five years. Then you know what? Take the starchy vegetables out of your diet. Okay, if you say, I don't care if it takes the next 25 years, then continue to eat starchy vegetables. But eating starchy vegetables is going to slow down your insulin level lowering. So the more of the starches and sugars that you remove from your diet, the faster your insulin level is going to normalize. And in the classes, that's one of our number one questions is, how fast can I decrease my insulin level? Well, a lot faster, first off, if it's lower. So say yours is eight, that's going to get into the range faster than if yours is 30. So that's kind of intuitive. Also, the fa- the more diligent you are with completely removing sugar and these, um, these starchy carbohydrates and all of the grains, if you do that, like somebody could go, okay, I'm doing it now. From now, it's um, nine minutes to two, at least central time here. On this date in August, I'm not I'm not having those things. That person's going to have pretty rapid results. Now, if you toy around with it and say, well, I'll just eliminate it sometimes, or I'll go five days I won't have bread, and then for two days I will, and then I'm going to have moderation because, you know, that's going to be everybody's choice what they want to do. But if that's your choice, then it's either not going to happen at all for you or it's going to move very, very slowly. And so if you're thinking, well, that's really a drastic thing to do. I think that that's really drastic and I I just don't believe in drastic things. Well, that's okay. Everybody can can believe in whatever it is that you like, but we're just giving the information that when you remove the sugars and these complex carbohydrates out from your diet, your insulin level is going to go down. And think of that mobile above the baby's crib. That insulin level is like one of those things dangling on the mobile. You change your insulin level, all of your other hormones are going to start to normalize. Now, are they going to be perfect? Probably not. If you already have some trouble with your thyroid and maybe you have some pretty severe adrenal trouble. But by changing your insulin level, it's going to push all of those towards a better direction. So it's a, it's by far the most uh, logical place to start if you want to make an impact across the board on your symphony of hormones. 
and you brought up fruit. Fruit would be something where if ideally you just decide for a while until your insulin level normalizes, you remove fruit from your diet. Now, if you go, you know what, I just, that's not going to work for me. Okay, then you're going to choose a small amount of berries, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, and think maybe a half a cup and not even a half a cup a day. Think, you know what, every other day, maybe I'll have a half a cup of one of those. And that's not going to have a great big impact on your insulin level. But eating a banana every day or a couple bananas or eating papayas or mangoes or pineapples or things like fruit cocktail and that sort of thing, that's not going to be helpful for decreasing your insulin level. So this would be the one thing if for anybody who is listening out there that says, I'm just sick and tired of being fat and I go on these diets and they're yo-yo diets and whatever I try, it doesn't really work. Start with this. Start with measuring your insulin level so that you can get a baseline. And here's another, I'm just going to pipe in and say this. If you're having trouble getting this at your doctor's office, you can go online and there's an organization called Life Extension. And I think it's lef.org is their website, but it's called Life Extension. And if you join that organization, it's $75 a year. We have no affiliation with them except that we do use the organization for this. You can order your own lab tests. So you order them online, you go to a place, they draw your blood and they send you the results. So that would be for people who either you don't have access to the doctor's office or they just won't do it for you. Um, or your insurance or for whatever reason. So you, you, this is accessible for everybody. You can just order your own labs. So what we're suggesting is find out what your insulin level is, take a look at your diet and make a plan to eliminate all of these sugars. And then retest your insulin in about three months and see what it's doing for you. That's going to make a huge difference in your whole symphony of hormones. And some of the tricks you say, well, like um, we had Tony calling in earlier and he was thinking it's kind of complicated. Where do I get all this information? Let's just make it simple here. And if you say, well, then I don't really know what to eat. What diet would I go on when I don't have sugar? You're going to just start making a list of various meats. So we have beef and um, we had a woman in the class the other day that her husband is a hunter. So venison and duck, any of those meats at all. Start making a list of all the various meats that you could eat. Yeah, and different so, fish like salmon, even mm-hmm. tuna could go in there. Yep. Make just make a list of all those meat and fish. And then there's eggs. And then you find a good protein powder. And if you just want want a recommendation, we recommend the Warrior Blend protein powder where it doesn't have whey and soy and people don't seem to react to it and it doesn't have sugar in it. So protein powder and and just you can go on our website and find recipes for shakes or you can even just make up shakes and start making protein shakes, put your vegetables in there, put dynamic greens in there. So we focus on a protein source that you have at every meal and how much just get out your hand and look at it about the size of your palm. So we don't need to even buy a scale or measure grams or look up anything. Just eat a piece of meat. And it does happen to be about three to six ounces of meat or fish, but we don't need to get all technical. Just eat a reasonable size 
piece of meat or fish, and then put with that a variety of vegetables. Get if you, if you don't know a lot of vegetables, go to the store and start just looking in the produce section, or even go online and type in types of vegetables and see all the various different types of vegetables, and start mixing it up with cooked vegetables, raw vegetables, vegetables in your shakes pureed vegetable soups. And again, we have recipes on our blogs for those, but we have a source of protein. We have plenty of vegetables to eat. And then we focus on good oils. So you get out the olive oil, find some good pasture butter in the store. It's going to say pasture butter on it, not pasteurized, but pasture butter and get a nice source of coconut oil, which if you're looking online, go to tropicaltraditions.com and order coconut oil. That company has super high quality coconut oil and they often have sales and you can order it in small quantities or big quantities. So we've got our oils and we've got our variety of vegetables and then we have our protein source and that's what you circle all of your meals around. Every time you're going to eat a meal or snack, that's what it is. Protein, your carbohydrates now come from all non-starchy vegetables. And then we have as much fat as you like in that meal till it it tastes good for you. And then we can add in some raw nuts and seeds as well. Yes. So it sounds like there's a lot we can actually do to change these hormone levels and get ourselves back into shape to lose the weight. So some simple things, they they sound simple, but then we carry them out. And we only got to the number one out of six. So there's many, many more of these that will continue on future radio shows, but we like to give you one at a time. So just we focus on this for the next week or two, and then we take it to the next step. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you everybody for listening to today's show. And we love to hear about your progress towards amazing health. Feel free to email us or post on Facebook and look at our website. We're going to be having more blog entries soon. And that's studiotimeout.com. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.